It's the end of a busy day. You just saw 15 patients, but instead of heading home for dinner with your spouse or playing with your kids, you now begin your night job, charting. Charting is critical and necessary, but it steals your focus from your patients, eats away at your time with your family, and keeps you up at night. The burden of always having another chart to complete drains every clinician. Freed is an AI medical scribe that makes charting go away. Freed listens, prepares your notes, and writes patient instructions for you. Charting is done before your patient walks out of the room. But wait, it gets even better. Freed learns your style over time just like a human scribe would, except that it will never quit on you. Freed is loved by over 3,000 clinicians from every specialty. It is HIPAA compliant, takes 30 seconds to learn, and costs only $99 per month. You can try Freed for free right now by going to freed.ai. Listeners of Financial Residency can use the FR50 coupon code for $50 off the first month. Hey guys, hope your day's going well. Today I wanted to talk about aligning your wealth and your values to live a more fulfilling life. I think this is a good topic. As I'm recording this, it's mid-December. So you should be hearing this if you're hearing it for the when it comes out, probably probably early, mid-January. So that's the time of year, as we all know, when you think about goal setting and like, what am I going to accomplish and how am I going to do it? So I think a good starting point before you get into goal setting is to think about a little bit more of what's most important or your values and make sure that's the underlying force or the driving motivation behind the goals that you start to make. So I'm going to talk through what my definition of fulfillment looks like and how money starts to tie into it. And then talk through some ways to to make sure that your values are kind of aligning all of this so that you can, hopefully the goal is to live more uh, of a fulfilling life. So let's start out with the fulfilling life. Like what is, it's good to think about like what actually is a fulfilling life. I like to look at the more of the philosophical version or a lot of the good philosophers like way back when have some, I think pretty solid definitions of what a fulfilling life looks like. Aristotle says it's a process of fulfilling your virtuous potential to become the best version of yourself. I like that definition of a fulfilling life because it's, it's basically like becoming the best person you possibly be, can become, like maximizing your virtuous potential. That's like becoming, making morally solid moves, like becoming a more solid, morally speaking person. And I think it's good what it's kind of like different than what a lot of the culture looks at today. I mean, like Aristotle's version of the fulfilling life is probably not so popular culturally today, but I think it's what people, a lot of people are missing is that like solid, not selfish development, but more like selfless development to hit that potential. I mentioned culture, culture, so what is culture? I think it's good to to look at what culture tells us about what f- fulfillment looks like. I think culture pulls you in the direction of efficiency, 
wealth, individualism, achievement is important. Materialism is a big deal. Even like perfectionism. I think those are all like, those are the big culture, cultural pools that I feel. And I know a lot of you will feel, I think the culture tends to pull us in the direction of those values. And it's really tempting to buy into that idea that, that our cultural success is in following those values is our ticket to fulfillment. But really that's all a big lie. It doesn't bring fulfillment and it's going to be a letdown. I think a good exercise to start is to think about like, what does your fulfilling life look like? Or who do you want to become? Or even who do you want to not become? I'll give you an example I've thought about recently. My example ties into like my marriage. So I would say like, for sure, a value of mine is having a good marriage. But like, what does it look like? Or what does it not look like? So to me, like what that would look like is I want to be like the solid couple. You see like the old couple you see like in the park, it's like eight years old and you're like, man, they are super in love and they're cute and they're like holding hands and they're just tight. You can tell, you know, it doesn't take much to tell that you're just like tight, rock solid couple, very close. I mean, that to me, that's like the ideal marriage where you're just you have grown tighter and tighter to the point where you're older and you're like, you're just as close as you possibly could be essentially like one. That's my ideal marriage. I, what I would ideally not want my marriage to be. I heard a story from a client just a few days ago. They were describing a colleague, a physician that's working at uh, 70. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why are they working at 70? He said they were financially independent working at 70. So I was like, well, why are they working at 70 when they're financially independent? And he said, it's to avoid his wife. He hates his wife. I'm like, that is miserable. That's like my definition of hell. That's like my ideal. That's the complete opposite of my ideal marriage. Um, I think it's good. You can go through any example of this, like whatever, however you would describe is something that's important to you. Like, Maybe it's not marriage for you, maybe something different in your situation, but like asking yourself the question, like, who do you want to become and what does that look like or what does it not look like? That's a really good starting point to start to define this. So we're also talking about money. So let's talk about like the role of money. Money really, really has an influence. I like a quote, C.S. Lewis had a quote in one of his books, Mere Christianity, about like, he's talking about the difference between cultural values and Christian values. So the quote is, we are all trying to let our mind and heart go their own way, centered on money or pleasure or ambition and hoping in spite of this to behave honestly and chastely and humbly. And that is exactly what Christ warned us you could not do. So I think that's such a great, uh, a great breakdown of like what at least I struggle with. I know a lot, most people I know, I think we all struggle with this is that we're so focused on, really, we're just focused on the cultural view of fulfillment. Like we're, 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 we're centering our lives on like ambition or money or pleasure. And then we're hoping to be good people too. Like that's, Nobody ever says like, I want to have a bad marriage. They're like, yeah, and I want to have a good marriage. It's like, I want to be super successful at work. I want to make as much money as possible. I want to be wealthy and I want to have a good marriage. 
But what C.S. Lewis is saying is like, that's not possible. Like you got to put these like virtues, like these, you have to become a better person or focus on becoming a better person or the best person you can be first in order for it to work. And we have it backwards. So I was at a, in a marriage group. We have a, a marriage group that meets with a bunch of couples and we're going through like a coursework on like marriage growth. And so a friend of mine in the, in the course was describing, or I guess confessing something he had struggled with. So he was talking about his work and how he has, he has worked really hard to be as successful as possible so that he can provide for the family. And he's become uber successful. Like he's got a, he's got a super successful business. He's a fun guy too. He's got a good sense of humor. He's got a great house. Like he's got a great, great family, like great people. His kids are well-behaved. They're very well off. Like I know they're financially speaking solid. Like they're financially literate too. Like he knows, he knows what he's talking about. And so like on the surface, they have a really solid life. Culturally speaking, like they're checking all the boxes of like cultural success and he's working hard and he's working hard to support his family, which he has also said is, is really important. Just like I was describing earlier, like uh, my family is and my marriage is important to me. But what he was confessing is he's like, actually, my marriage is crumbling. It's a train wreck. Like we have a lot of problems. And I was like, I was shocked. I was like, really? You? You're the last person I would guess. Because we tend to be, we see all these like cultural successes and we're like, yeah, this guy's doing it. And you're like, well, that's how you do it. And that's, that kind of, that's how you start to follow the cultural standards. You're like, this is how we do it. We go knock it out. He's failing at what was truly most important in his life in his, with his marriage. So if you're at that point, it's like, what's the point of all this money and success? If you're just, you're just going to get divorced and be miserable. That's no good. The problem was that the pursuit of the money was really just a big, huge stumbling block for him is because he hit all his time and attention was aimed at money and success would work. And there was none left in the tank. It was like you get home, long day of work, and you're spent. And then you have to, you know, focus on your marriage and it's second priority and it's obvious and everybody knows it. You just kind of do it halfway. But you're telling yourself you're working so hard, even though you're exhausted and got to, you know, you got to jump in bed right away and you don't even really, you're not able to like, you're definitely not able to be dedicated or go above and beyond at all. You just don't have a lot of uh, gas in the tank left, but you tell yourself it's to support the family. So the pursuit of the money and the success can be a huge stumbling block, but it can also be a, a great tool. It's, it's more about like prioritization. And so that's, that's where values come in. I think the key to living a fulfilled life is to be aware of your values and aim for those when you start to have wealth and build wealth. Ideally, your wealth or your resources are in good alignment with what your true values are. And that's the key to living a more fulfilled life. It's about like placing the values as in the most important position and then using 
the resources, we're talking about wealth and money, using the resources as the tool to accomplish or live out the values. So wealth or success can't be the top pursuit. Like it doesn't work. It has to be the vehicle. So if marriage is most important to you, if you, if it's truly most important, like if it's the top seat, you have to like do the marriage thing first, like become the man that you need to be to have a good marriage first and then work the money stuff in to the equation after that. Like the money or the profession, like the work needs to kind of fall into place after that. So values, I'm talking about values. How I would define values is like what's truly most important to you. It's like the a value is something that's like the right, the ultimate right direction for you. It's like, I think the necessary aim to have in life for fulfillment. And values are kind of like the compass. They're like, they're going to direct you towards fulfillment. I mean, if you're on track with your values, you're going the right direction. If you're not, you're going the wrong direction. And the big pull, as we we talked about, is those cultural values. They're always going to be pulling you the other direction uh, away from what you know your true values are. So I think the pursuit of that cultural success and wealth without solid values awareness, that's guaranteed failure. And that was what, what's hap- that was what was happening in my buddy's marriage. That's what I've felt before. Like I've felt that pull to like success and it's going against my values. So you have to have, you have to have strong aim. You have to do the hard work and work through the change necessary in order to live in alignment with your values and ultimately live more fulfilled. But it's way worth it. I think it's a, once you connect the dots on that, at least for me, it's like, okay, I can, I can do the hard work. As I said, I have had the same struggles my buddy has. I've gone for the culture of success and hoped for a solid marriage and, and haven't done like the hard work in order to put marriage in order to make my marriage important. But it has to be number one because that's what I believe. I mean, like my value is to have a very solid marriage and it's important. So it needs to be in that number one position and money needs to come around that. So I'll leave you some, as we close out, I'm going to leave you with some uh, practical steps to take to start to think more about like your values first before you start to go through goal setting and planning. So ideally you have ironed out these, your personal values, like what's most important to you first. And you use those as like a lens to view your goals through and you're always consulting them. So I'm going to talk through some really simple exercise to help you start to think about like what that might look like for you. This is something you can just brainstorm or write down on a sheet of paper. I do it like I was saying prior to goal setting, like typically I'll refresh, go through this exercise myself around this, you know, late of end of the year time or like before I'm about to start making decisions or before I'm going to make a game plan, like a plan for next year. So to get a sheet of paper and I'm going to throw out some questions and the exercise is just to kind of brainstorm how you feel about them, like your thoughts on the questions. And so the first question is, who do you want to become? Who do you want to not become? What does your 
what does the ideal version of yourself look like? What does the fulfilled life look like? And what does the complete failure look like? Take a few minutes to like write down, like paint the picture of like what your, what, who you are or who you would like to become and who you would like to avoid becoming. And think like way down the road, like late stage, maybe like, maybe even like if you're thinking about it, like this is a little morbid, but you can think of it like if you're at your funeral, like what are people saying about you? Like who, who were you as a person? Like what did they, what are they, how are they describing you? Or like your 80th birthday party, like, you know, who, what type of person are you then? So the next question to think about is what changes are required for progress to occur. So think about time, think about attention, money, other resources. You have all these resources at your disposal. Those are really good like indicators, I think, of who you're becoming or who you already are or what's most important. So think about how you're using those things and what changes might be necessary in those areas. Think about habits that you need to add or habits that you need to subtract. Think about like wellness, like life wellness, like what are, so health, mental health, physical health, spirituality, professional, financial, you know what I'm talking about, like the the wellness circle. You can Google like wellness circle and it'll show you like the areas of life. So that's a good prompt to, I think, to uh, help you start to think about like, where do I need to change? Think about like getting input from other people. That's, it's hard to self-diagnose. So it could be worthwhile if you have the courage, like ask some people where, how you, you know, how you could become a better person. Your wife, I mean, if you're married, that's a great person, but be prepared for a fun conversation to ensue after that. But it's, that's a good thing to get your spouse on board or even other people like accountability and that sort of thing. And then start to think about like, what are your specific action items? So like, this is where you start to iron it out. What you'll see as you're going through this, the first question is like about who you want to become or avoid becoming. And that's where you're going to start to see your values emerge. It'll be become clear, like what are the things that are most important to you? Cause that's who you want to become. And then, then as you think about like what changes are required, that's where you start to think about like where you are today and who do I, what do I need to change in the various areas of life in order to make the progress to become that person? And then you start to iron out like specific steps. And that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. What I was saying before at the very beginning is a lot of times people do goal setting or planning and they don't do any of this other stuff. That's just completely getting the cart ahead of the horse. That also makes you much more prone to those cultural pools that I was talking about. When you're just focused on action and not thinking through like what's most important to you, you're going you're gonna to feel that pull towards like material success, wealth, uh, those sorts of things. I'll share my example and then we'll wrap it up. One of my examples. So I already hit on it. My example with marriage as a top priority. So what does a strong marriage look like? I already talked about that. Like the, you know, happy couple that's just obvious, super obvious, they're tight. What changes are necessary? For me, it's on putting my wife number one and honoring my wife, like putting her on a pedestal above like work or success or the phone 
for our kids. Like we have wild, rambunctious kids that are constantly like distracting or, you know, they, they need a lot. So for me, that's putting my marriage as a higher priority than those other important things. They're not like, they're not unimportant, but they can, they're like, like my work can take all the time and then nothing, have nothing left. For me, the changes that are necessary examples would be like less things like, you know, on the screen, like cell phone. I know we're doing productive things. Like I like to say I'm doing productive, like work stuff on my cell phone. It's a complete distraction, especially when it's at home. That's a killer for like relationship. And, and you know, if you look at it, if you look at your screen time, like I have recently, I'm like, man, that's a lot of time. And then putting boundaries on work hours, I have to be, that's a priority for me. So that might translate to like less financial gain or less success at work. But that's what it, that's, so none of this stuff's like easy. That's, that's the challenge. You have to like say no to things that are important, but you have to be clear on what's most important so that you can like have the courage or confidence to do that. And then, so doing those things less will allow me to have more time and attention for things like, you know, listening, you know, when my wife and I are talking or, or going on date nights, have, you know, paying for babysitters or paying for help is a big thing I could do more of. Having some accountability is a thing too. I would, you know, could work on is I'm already doing some of that. Like having a marriage group is a, is a big deal. I could go on and on. There's all kinds of, you know, specific examples of this, uh, that you, you start to come up with, but you can look at, so the key is to really clarify like those mo- most important things in your life. Who do you want to become? What's most important and really start to aim for those and shape your goals. Even if it's financial goals or all your goals, shape those around becoming that person and make sure those actions are aligning with it. And that's, I think, the key to making good progress towards a more fulfilling life. As we wrap up, remember, Freed.ai is here to free you from medical documentation. It's HIPAA compliant, takes 30 seconds to learn, and is incredibly affordable. Join the movement to eliminate clinician burnout. Visit Freed.ai and improve your lifestyle. You can try Freed for free right now by going to freed.ai. Listeners of Financial Residency can use the FR50 coupon code for $50 off the first month. Please know that anything I've said today in this podcast should not be considered advice. It is completely for educational and entertainment purposes only. It would be best to view me as just another guy talking about money on the internet. For advice, please consult your advisors. If you don't happen to have a financial advisor already, I happen to know a firm that's absolutely fantastic. It's actually the firm I started and currently run now, Ren Financial Planning. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.renfinancial.com.